0: Doug Hammerskold was one of my favorite um, persons in terms of some of the things he wrote and spoke. And one of his prayers uh, stands out in my mind as a a thought that I return to frequently. For that which has been, O God, we say thank you. And for that which is yet to be, yes. I was uh, thinking about that thought as we went through a a time this week with the, the wall fire and some people facing uncertain futures and how they anticipate what is yet before them. I remembered a a little poem that went uh, something like this, two men looked out from prison bars, one saw the mud, the other the stars. Uh, I wonder which which are we? Uh, What kind of vision do we have of the future that God has in mind for us personally And certainly for Oroville, First United Methodist, as we uh, have a new ministry beginning, essentially, for the first time. Uh, We we pray for Pastor Jaku as he goes into full-time ministry in Marysville. And now we have Pastor Chang. We certainly want to pray for him as he begins the pastoral leadership in a new church, in a new time. And as you, as the congregation, anticipate uh, that which is yet to come. And certainly the Spirit of God is, is a focus in, in Paul's letter to us about trusting uh, that future uh, into God's presence and Holy Spirit. I was uh, mindful that, thank you God for that which has been, for that which is yet to come. Yes. When we look back on our life, uh, there are certain moments that probably were, were pivotal, trans, uh, transitional moments in our life. Sometimes. Things went wrong. There were fires that uh, destroyed things that we held precious. Uh, There were times of stresses in our life uh, where we went through something we didn't know what the future held. But when we go back and look at those moments in our life, uh, they were often pivotal in terms of where we go into the future. Some of those moments which were our weakest turns out to have directed us into a future that we could not have even imagined. Uh, certainly, as we look at the weddings coming up, I'm thinking about uh, people taking a risk uh, in midlife uh, into a new future, but also those who sometimes have gone through changes in their past before the future led them uh, a new direction. Certainly, this is uh, where we, we find faith and, and hope and the presence of God, the power that comes when we put our trust in Him. I keep going back to uh, one of my favorite stories of Ella Stewart uh, talked about because she had a real experience with it, uh, to bend without breaking. And uh, she was an author and had a life going for her as, as well as it could go. She was anticipating a, a future that was bright with promise, and then she had a stroke. Uh, maybe you know some people going through a, a similar kind of life-and-death experience right now. But when you have a, a stroke, everything changes, and so her future was, was wiped out. But as she recovered from the stroke, she walked around her block there in Palo Alto, I believe, and she could see uh, that a Japanese gardener was working with a bonsai, I don't know if he was Japanese, the bonsai tree was Japanese. The the gardener was working with a bonsai plant, and uh, as she walked around the block and prayed and thought about her future now that was completely different from what she anticipated, she was recovering. And yet God was giving her insights into what she had not seen before. And the the gardener was bending that plant, as you know, the beauty of a bonsai plant is in its shape, was bending and pressuring uh, and stressing branches uh, in certain places and ways so that they would follow the pattern of the gardener. And she saw in in the planting and in the shaping and stressing of the branches a parallel with what she herself was going through, that God was shaping her uh, and reorienting her life to become a thing of beauty in God's eyes. So there was power, even in the times of change or stress or uncertainty, uh, that she was facing uh, in her life. So St. Paul in his letter to the church at Rome talks about the power of the Holy Spirit to guide us and shape us Uh, Out of the stresses from which we come and into a future that God uh, knows is yet possible, can we uh, look out from prison bars and see the stars instead of the mud? A a problem of perspective. I was thinking about God's plan and God's purpose. Uh, God has laid before us the plan of salvation. Paul certainly talks about that. In Christ, there is no condemnation. He begins his, his thought about the Holy Spirit by first declaring... This, this promise of God to, to forgive us, that in Christ the price has already been paid. But then he moves into the mind and the presence of the Holy Spirit and calls us to be a part of something that is greater than we are. So there's this declaration of who we are and God's promise to us as part of the plan of our salvation, but then comes this promise of the Holy Spirit to empower us and to be a greater force than even we could imagine. I was uh, thinking about God's plan. The plan is so important in crisis. Maybe some of you saw this uh, television interview with a couple that, uh, during the very beginning of the Wall fire, uh, was interviewed and put on uh, Channel 12, KHSL, and they had their car all ready to go. Did, did some of you see that interview with this couple maybe? Well, at any rate, I saw it, it really happened. <laughs> And they were being interviewed. And our, how, how did they decide to, what to do when the fire was there very close to their house? It was, you know, certainly it's on your mind. We're talking about it today. You have friends that, that lost much, perhaps. Thank God some of our parish didn't lose their houses. But they had a plan, they said. They had their car uh, already packed with things that were precious to them. And you know what? When you stop to think about the things that are precious, every single person... Who thinks about it, or talks about it, or is interviewed, says the same thing. The, the photo albums, the precious memories, the things that uh, bound them together with their past that was joyful, or hopeful, or perhaps loved ones that no longer are there. The memories of the, the joy and the hope that bound them together, rather than the furniture. They had their car packed, they knew where they were going to go, they had a plan that they followed and it empowered them to be less afraid of the future that was ahead of them having a plan you think about our values as the people of God God has a plan for us in our life and he sent his son to us to die on a cross for our sin You talk about God's forgiveness and God's power and God's grace and the power of faith and hope and love to be those treasures which empower us to enter the future less afraid. In Christ, there is no condemnation. Uh, that's a message. It comes out of a court setting, if you will. There's this, this kind of left-brain understanding that God sent his son to die for us, and we are worthy. That's a declaration, a statement of, of God's love for you and for me, and the promise that we are forgiven people. So Paul begins his statement to the, the church at Rome with a sense of this declaration that God sent His Son to die for us, and that because of uh, His death on a cross, uh, we can be assured that we are in the promise of a future that is yet to be in the kingdom of God. But then he talks about the Spirit of Christ within us. Are we in Christ, and where is the power? It's this uh, sense of being a part of something far greater than we ourselves can accomplish on our own. He's talking about the power of the living God in Christ to be with us. And he said, imagine, uh, if you can, a power source that is far greater, astronomical by comparison with everything that we can in our mind or willpower uh, conjure up or anything that we have done before uh, that gave us a sense of authority in our life or any collusion we have with power people, the, the sense of the magnitude of God's power in us, in the spirit of God, is that great. Far greater than we can comprehend or understand. If you have the mind of Christ, if Christ is in you, you have that power source. I uh, was thinking about his words and the power of sin. And Now, he uses the word sin, but it's kind of interesting. If, if we were to... Uh, to use the word alcohol, for example, instead of sin, uh, you might have an understanding of what Paul is, is talking about. Uh, but the person who's joined Alcoholics Anonymous, one of the first things they have to announce is that they are powerless uh, over alcohol, or they're powerless uh, in, in the uh, ability to respond to alcohol's power in their life. Paul is, is saying the same thing about sin the first thing we have to acknowledge is a powerlessness over sin's power in our life, Uh, a recognition that we cannot do it ourselves of our own willpower. Paul goes on to talk about the Christ of faith, the Christ who died for us, who gives us that sense of power that we can overcome. The power to overcome by the grace of God and power of the Holy Spirit. I was uh, mindful of a, a situation in my first seminary. Uh, his name was Tom. He was applying for a job at a large Midwestern university as the chaplain of that particular school. And it was a prestigious school. And Tom was one of those guys, you know, he could play the guitar, he could talk. quote scriptures in any version you wanted to hear it. Uh, he was a live people, love him, good-looking guy. We thought he was a shoe in for this particular job, just that perfect kind of personality. He played the guitar beautifully. I noticed Chang plays the guitar well, too, so uh, that's about where the limits uh, are, though, Chang. Tom was a good-looking, handsome guy, and all the girls uh, thought he was terrific. We thought, sure, Tom was going to get the job. But it, it came out that there were two that were considered in finality, Tom was one of the two, and there was another woman who got the job. And we were curious why Tom didn't get it. And so when he came back, he he said, well, it really came down to the two of us. Um, Everybody thought we were um, potentially great chaplains in this large university. But it came down to uh, a final question, and she got the job. Well, of course, we were interested. What was the question? And he said, well, the question was, a, a student has come into your office and is, is facing great depression, a discouragement, stress of, of the future, um, and, and are overwhelmed, are depressed. What would you say to them? And uh, Tom said, well, I, I said I would, it would be my job to help that person cope with the stresses that she's facing or he's facing. Didn't sound like a bad answer, if you think about it. When we're going through times of change, counselors often say our main task is to, uh, to help people cope with uh, what they're facing, uh, what stresses they have. Perhaps you can pray with them, but coping is the goal. Well, what did the other person say? You know, the one who got the job. And she said it would be her job, under the similar circumstance of a student who is depressed or discouraged, to overcome. The difference between coping and overcoming There's a great difference. God gives us a power source that is way beyond our comprehension. In Christ means to have that mystical union with the spirit of God in us and trusting in that spirit when our power source is running low. Being grateful for what we have. You know, it. I was mindful about uh, she's a writer in the, Enterprise record, Esther Sapita, I think is her name. I don't know about the first name. But she was uh, talking about, uh, she writes uh, every one day awake at any anyway. rate. She was talking about a change in her life and she was going through a time of uh, great anxiety and some stress. And she went and practiced something that helped her. She would write down in a, in a diary something that she was thankful for. Each day, every single day that she was facing her, uh, her future and, and dealing with some anxieties that were getting to her, she decided she would write something uh, for which she was thankful. And you think about Jesus himself. Remember, every single prayer he prayed, he began with gratitude, with thank you, God, for that which you've given to us. So when Esther wrote about it this week, she said she noticed something changing within her. As she expressed gratitude for that which has been, she began to have some greater strength within her for facing the future, and soon uh, some of the stresses began to diminish. Saying thank you to God for the things that we can say thank you for and trusting that his power will help us overcome and move into the future, overcome and believe in the future that is not yet, saying, thank you, God, for that which has been, and yes, yes to the future. I uh, want to close with two examples of the power of the Spirit. One, I don't know if you ever uh, saw or participated in in Neil Simon's uh, chapter 2. That's a play that I thoroughly enjoyed. It's about a man who... Uh, had gone through a terrible, terrible divorce. And the play was about how he was unwilling to believe that anything could be better in the future. And what it was doing, that is, his energy was depleting. He was becoming negative about everything, but he refused to change. And then she came along, and she was one who was the ideal woman, according to him. But he refused. He was not going to be overcome again uh, by deceit or by trickery or by what occurred in his previous wedding. But she was persistent, a gentle spirit who kept on loving him, and he kept on resisting. But she was persistent, like God's Spirit is with us sometimes. She wouldn't give up. And so finally, in the end, he relents, and he gives love another chance. And he sits down at a typewriter. He was a writer. And he simply writes out chapter 2, which is, of course, the beginning of his new life, the beginning of where God is going to move him. (coughs) Excuse me. After periods of failure, discouragement, or anger which ate away at him, he's going to give love a chance again. God gave to us the gift of love, didn't he? In Jesus the other thought of the power of the Holy Spirit comes from something that Jesus said himself he was talking about the Holy Spirit and he said it's like new wine and he said to those who were listening you know things are changing and we have to trust that God is in the change somehow that we cannot see it's like new wine you can't pour new wine into old wineskins uh, old wineskins dry with time they're brittle And the new wine's activity would cause the wineskins to split, and the new wine uh, would be lost. Now, the Holy Spirit is dynamic like that. It is moving within us. We have to sometimes change our skins to be open to the new that is coming our way and what God is going to be doing through His Holy Spirit in the future, in our life together. So I think those two images of the presence of God and the Spirit of God overcoming are the gifts that I would like to give to you as you enter a new relationship uh, with Pastor Chang uh, and and this church's future, which is all in the hands and always has been of the Holy Spirit. Let's pray together. Loving God, we we come to you knowing that sometimes it's easy to be discouraged or disparaging, uh, to look at the negative things of life instead of trusting the power of your Holy Spirit. Yet we do, Lord, And we know you come to us. You breathe afresh upon us a spirit of willingness, a spirit of openness, a spirit of change, anticipating that the best is yet to come. So we pray. We pray in openness to the presence of your Spirit that as we we enter a new relationship with a new pastor, uh, that our congregations can work together and love each other, that the grace and love of God through Jesus Christ would become so manifest that others would be drawn to our church and worship in the future. Fill us with that grace and that assurance. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.